Grotto Pod. I am in the Grotto Pod. Bridget and her massive jar of kombucha <laughs> is in the Grotto Pod. And well, I just dropped my notes. It's 2018. We're back in the Grotto Pod. We haven't dropping been here things. for a variety of reasons for two months. Two months. And I hope that uh, during that ensuing two months, you didn't find a better podcast to listen to. How could that be possible? Here. Plus, we gave them so many excellent reruns. And... Mary, we talked. We, we talked did to them the one last, last week. week. Yeah, that but, was just us. But this one, I feel like this is our first real trip. It's true because we're actually interviewing. We're back to the form. We're back on yeah. uh, uh, format. Our raison d'être. Uh, this week's guest is Ma Shane Win. Woohoo! Grotto member, uh, poet, artist. Oh my God! Please, not so just many a things. poet. Drummer, poet laureate of the city of El Cerrito. Yeah. Shout out El Cerrito. Uh, but yeah, she's a musician. She's an artist. I'll, I'll, you know, professor. I, I don't have her CV in front of me, though she sent it. But I took some notes. And here's kind of some of the things that she's done. Um, she has a new book. Yep. Uh, Invisible Gifts <clears throat> on Manic D Press. Yeah, I know. That's cool. You know, I hear that Manic D Press. I keep thinking, I know Jen Joseph and need to get her on this podcast. I know. Why don't you? I haven't talked Reach to her in out. so long. They but call I do. that reaching out. She and I uh, were two-thirds of the committee that used to put on the book fair at our kids' uh, grade school. Oh, my gosh. Look at that. So All you really have ago. a connection. Uh, I would just get a hold of her ASAP. I do. I will. Um, uh, a couple of years ago, Score and Bone oh my God. Nomadic Press. That was a chat book, and we're going to discuss a little bit about what makes a chat book a chat book. Rather than a book. Right. What adds the chap. Correct. And uh, a, a, a collaboration with artist Mark I might be mispronouncing Dutcher, Dutcher, um, L.A. guy. Yeah, uh, she she did a lot in L.A. I, I think I think I could be speaking out of turn here, but I do believe Ma was kind of into the L.A. punk rock scene a bit. She was into some kind of scene. Down yeah, there. Uh, that was interested. called Ruins of a Glittering Palace. Ooh, that's she, a good title. She has been the artist in residence at the Marin Headland Center, mm-hmm. and she's been an instructor at the Academy of Art for decades. And you know what? She just had a big um, what would you call it performance and. Uh, exhibition, I guess, at the Asian Art Museum this fall. That I was left, very cool. You know, and I buried the lead. She's a Burmese-American poet. That's, Why is that the lead? Because that's the first line of her. Uh, oh, got it, got it, got it. Um, and I buried that. Sorry, Ma. Um, she also plays in a couple... Yeah. I would call them, I don't know. I, I saw some video. Arch of the Mind uh, is more of a, a musical... Collaborative, I guess. I, I guess I look at it as almost like performance art. Yeah, yeah, more Do you like think? that. We yeah. better ask her. But she said she plays in something called either the flower pots or the flower cots. I couldn't hear the the. It was that uh, that one video I watched, uh, and it sounds like they play kids' parties and stuff. That sounds awesome. Yeah. So, and she really, you know, what's interesting too? Oh, I have more. She's the co-publisher of Stretcher, an online uh, journal about visual culture in the Bay Area and beyond. She's Very cool. the editor, uh, poetry editor of Rivet, the journal that risks. Whoa. Yeah. And co-founder of Comet, which I think I've heard of, or maybe I'm thinking of the bar we used to go to in Seattle. They could be related. It could be. And she taught ESL in high schools in the 90s. Did you do that too? No. Oh, I thought I you were saying it like... E. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that Ma is also kind of an educator of note, for sure. I think despite being a very small person, Ma's reach is tremendous. Is mighty. It's mighty. She is small but mighty. That's what you say about my mom. Oh, that's nice. Same kind that's of thing. That's super nice. I, what I love about Ma uh, is her ability to, 
I don't, you know, it's hard to talk about visual art, I mm, think. Yeah. And she is not only able to talk about it, but to create art from that is pretty um, impressive and exciting to me. I wish I did more of that, honestly. I would say, yeah, more than any other guest we've had in here, she really is uh, reaching out mm-hmm. and creating a synergy between the written word and visual art. Yeah, including abstract art, which is hard to write about. And abstract music. Yeah. So, well, isn't all music abstract? Oh, now you're now you're making you're blowing my mind here. I don't know what to do with I this. I think it is. is <laughs> but I don't know. I'm speaking it's like as a BQ in the sport coat, all relaxed, talking about <laughs> how music is. Is abstract. this a sport coat? Well, yeah, I think it's a sport what coat makes or a blazer, a sport coat? I guess. It's 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 what you rather you know what you, it's uh, nomenclature. Sport oh, okay. Coat, well, blazer, I just wondered like oh, jacket. it's the same as blazer. Okay. I think it's the same as yeah. blazer. I had a, I had a more important meeting than you before this. <laughs> Is there any such thing as a less important meeting than me? I don't uh, think so. I generally just wear whatever when I see um, you, but I had to see someone else first. Right. Whereas I try to wear a nice t-shirt. When you I see am. me. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, Understood. That's enough about us and our clothing. Aren't you so glad we don't do a video podcast? <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> uh, we're going to go get Ma because oh, yeah. she's right across the hall talking to Yukari and hopefully feasting on some of those m I know. Oh, my God. Yukari has, has. It's so tempting. It's right on the other side uh, of the hall. And there's so much chocolate over it's there. It's really great. So let's go get her and uh, let's, let's talk a little about uh, poetry and art. And music. And music. Okay. And El Cerrito, maybe. And El Cerrito, sure. Let's yeah. talk about El Cerrito. Okay. Flower instructions. One, blanket the streets with plum blossoms. Rest body against warm concrete. Find rose petals on sidewalk. Glimmer of the memory garden. Two, follow the trail of invisible bees. Nectar guides for the lost ones. Fling lasso into summer darkness. Hear whistles and megaphone. Three, Hold body close to body. Breathe in the greenhouse. Wear wet glitter and silver hose. Lick salt on skin. Four, catch whispers in libraries. Greet strangers with acorns and grapefruit. Remember eyes, ghosts, smoke. Watch brothers as they disappear. Five, imagine a new world. Keep sisters close. Yeah. I, know. I had a big smile on my face. I know. As soon as you started. <laughs> we just introduced poetry to you, Grotto Pod listeners. Well, I wouldn't say we. Well, I mean, we brought her in the oh, room. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Don't let my end. That is a first for the Grotto Pod. We've been talking about having people actually read from their work, and no better place to start than with a poet. Oh, my gosh. So beautiful. And not just any poet. No. The Poet Laureate of the City of El Cerrito. Yes. <laughs> we need to talk about that. We do. And I, I want to get a little biographical on this whole thing, but let's start with that. I want to tell me because they created that position and you're the first one, right? Yes, I am. How did they approach you? So um, the city, the city um, of El Cerrito um, Arts Commission had this idea that they wanted to have a Poet Laureate. And they started, I mean, this process started, I think, about four years ago. I know, you can imagine the bureaucracy that would hold to move <laughs> slowly, right? Yeah. Where's the yeah. income? <laughs> <laughs> right. And so, but it was great um, because they really uh, researched different cities' programs, you know, San Francisco's and just surrounding cities. And um, after two years, they came up with a plan of how to find 
poet laureate of El Cerrito, and they put a call out, and and I was in a period of transition with my partner, and I remember I was living in El Cerrito, and uh, one of my friends kept saying, Ma, did you hear? No, it's they're, really quite amazing. <laughs> they're that looking, you're a poet, and you're living there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and El Cerrito's kind of a scrappy place. <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> so um, awesome. and, you know, and I was like, oh, gosh. They won't pick me, and oh, uh, yeah, you know. But was, so you had to apply, right? Oh yeah, you had yeah, to come yeah. Come up with a program, right? Exactly. So, oh. so then maybe about a week before the deadline, the best way, the best way. Yeah. One of my friends named Glenn, he left a little button that said El Cerrito poet, and he left it on the doorstep. And I um, opened the door and I saw the little button. And I'm like, okay. I'm going to throw my hat in the ring. So I um, applied, and I had to submit 25 pages of poetry and write a letter and um, send my CV. And so, so as as I read it, that you, but your job is not just to walk around, you know, being I'm the poet of El Cerrito. You have <laughs> programs that you that you do. Yes, exactly. And did you have to? propose them? Was that part of, of the application? Yeah. Okay, so, yeah, I thought right, so. Right, So in the letter... Yeah, what um, did you propose? I, well, I proposed um, a poetry reading series um, called Poetry in Place, and it travels around El Cerrito. So, so fun. Yeah, it's been fun, and it's, you know, um, at parks, and um, El Cerrito has a lot of parks and clubhouses, so I thought, oh my gosh, it would be great to, you know, take advantage of having the, the mm-hmm. space. And um, so the next poetry in place we're going to have is in May. Um, and it's going to be a partial benefit for Poetry Flash. Um, mm. So, and we're going to have, you know, poet laureates in the area reading and an open mic. And Love it. You know, you were actually really well positioned to come up with something like this because you've really been active as a person in performance. Not just uh, writing in your garret, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and really, a, and, a, and a really a community figure, a yeah. person who cares about that and really gets involved in that. Um, I, I have a question though about so how much I was being semi facetious. I know it's a uh-huh. scrappy place, uh-huh. but it is sort of a blue collar. Uh-huh. That's its reputation. Yeah. So when you become the poet laureate of El Cerrito, you know how much do you consider that when you're considering what sort of programs you want to produce you know it's not like you're the poet laureate of mill valley mm-hmm. you know right. how much does it does what you do reflect the character of the city well you know one thing that's been really um interesting is you know thinking about places because you know the idea of having the series was to move around and have it in different locations but you know el cerrito is not san francisco or oakland and you know there aren't you know, a great number. And- yeah, there aren't a great number of um, art spaces, but mm-hmm. that will change. That and will change. This is how you change it. Yeah. Completely. And um, so I've, you know, had to be kind of, you know, creative about looking for spaces. I and think it's a great opportunity. I mean, you can it's have exciting. poetry readings and auto shops and yeah, stuff. Yeah, really- yeah. Well, you know, and, you know, there's, um, you know, just, well, you know, I've kind of, had readings at the library, and um, and our upcoming event will be at the community center. Um, and I'm thinking, oh, it would be really nice before my my term ends in September this year. And it was soon, yeah, yeah. in September. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so I think for the last couple of readings, I'd like to have it in maybe like off the wall places, yeah. unexpected places, someplace that really reflects the character of the city. Exactly. Reflects the character, but also it's really nice when art of whatever kind can meet people where they are because there's, I think, a feeling, at least with visual art, where people feel like, oh, well, that's not for me. 
That's not right, my right. thing. Not that's not the people guy. like me, or that's not. And to be somewhere and just encounter it and be like, oh my god, I love this. Uh-huh. That can be fantastic. Yeah, you know, and it's so interesting because El Cerrito, um, you know, is is you know smaller mm-hmm. and um, but. There's a one artist, I won't say his name because he does this secretly, oh. but he, um, and I just love this pro- uh, project and this idea, and it actually insp- inspires me. Um, he puts little um, handmade art objects in different places in the around city, the city. Around the city. Uh, and he doesn't put his name on it. And I just love the idea of, you know, finding, um, you know, unexpected art prizes. Art prizes. <laughs> That's a good, I like that, Bridget, art prizes. Art prize. <laughs> I also just really like the idea that you can be an artist anywhere. You yes. don't have to live in San Francisco. You don't have yes. to live in New York City. You yeah. can be an artist mm-hmm. anywhere. Absolutely. And, yeah. and how do you feel? We had Matthew Zapruder on here a while mm-hmm. back. He's great. And he was, he seemed invested in demystifying poetry. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that? I mean, if you're talking about, you know, El Cerrito poet, uh-huh. do you feel a responsibility? Not a responsibility is probably not yeah. the right word, but an interest. Yeah. You know what? Um, that's a really good question, Larry. Uh, I um, have read at a couple senior centers. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so, you know, p- part of my position is that I have to make contact with, you know, all ages. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it was really interesting the first time I read at a senior center. I mean... I mean, you've read my, my book. So, you know, some of my poems I are know, a little, little racy, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> you know, could be considered as maybe somewhat experimental, you yeah. know, and but also, you know, narrative and, yeah. you know, you can follow them. Um, but when I've done readings, I try to mix it up a little bit so, you know, people can get a sense of the different styles that I write in. And, and it's, Interesting to get the feedback from, you know, the audience, you know. And what is the feedback? Well, sometimes. <laughs> um, I remember I went to one senior center and uh, one lady said, this doesn't make any sense at all. And, uh, <laughs> and, and then I found myself just going, then I was like, gosh, maybe it doesn't. You ask yourself <laughs> that. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, but does it have to make sense? Like, I always think about a certain kind of poetry where I just like it to wash over me and I don't want to try to figure out exactly what it's about. Mm-hmm. Maybe you are supposed to. What do you think? Well, you know, I think that sometimes poems can be um, appreciated for its sonic qualities, um, how it looks on the page. Right. Is, it's and you do aesthetic. that a lot, which I think mm-hmm. is really beautiful, how oh, things, you. you know, the way it is on the page makes it mean something different than if it were straight, written straight down, up and down. Now, when you're doing the uh-huh. collaboration, the Pitta, Pitta of the Mind, uh-huh. is that more of a sonic thing? Because you're you know, combining the music and the words, and it really comes out as, as a wall of sound, I guess. Uh-huh. Do you think of that as, as more of a sonic experience? Yes, definitely. It's, it's, well, I would say it's a combination of sonic and performative, mm-hmm. um, because I, you know, when, as a young person discovering, you know, the avant-garde art um, and music and film uh, really inspired me. And so my friend Amanda Chaudhary, who I collaborate with, um, she's as, um, well, this ter- I like to use this term. She's as art damaged as I am. Art damaged. <laughs> That's good too. These would all make good pins. Uh, art damaged. Art prize, art that would be, uh, if damaged. it wasn't called the grotto, I think we could just call it art damage. I like it. I like it a lot. And so I do movement, and we also um, center every performance around a color. 
So she's very much, and she's very much in fashion. Um, yes. yes, I am. Um, and so we wear matching <laughs> no, outfits. Um, Super cute outfits. I did enjoy that. Very watched, oh, yeah, saw? we watched oh, the video last night. Yeah. I, I'm thinking that doesn't go to the senior center, though. Uh, no, no, it doesn't perform at the senior. <laughs> no, <laughs> well, I guess it's not that racy, but kind of short skirt. Oh, you oh, saw that one. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I didn't realize how short it was until, you know, I put it on and I was just like, I don't remember. Because my friend made that Where's dress for me. <laughs> my friend made that dress for me and I, I love it. But I was like, oh my gosh, that's short. <laughs> for some reason, this just reminds me of when I was reading the poetry. And I think this happens to poets a lot where it's hard as a reader, and maybe it doesn't matter, but it's hard as a reader to know what is you, the writer, and what is you uh, or the person, a subject. A, a story mm-hmm. and there's a one poem in your new collection about a wedding and I started reading it thinking oh this is Ma just got married it's about Ma's wedding but then it was in the third person I was like no this isn't about Ma but do you find that you have to answer questions like that about what's about you or what is Definitely. your life yeah yeah um, so Bridget clearly writes nonfiction. <laughs> 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 well, you know, I mean, I definitely wouldn't say that all of my poetry is autobiographical or mm-hmm. even semi-autobiographical, mm-hmm. but um, often my poems can come from an experience, mm-hmm. and then I take, you know, a part of that experience and, you know, explore it, explore it, yeah. uh, almost like a, you know, experiential prompt, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. But you know, that that poem is interesting because um, it was my first day. I did a re- residency at the Headlands. Oh, right, and. Um, then some friends knocked on my door and said, hey, Ma, you're not going to believe this, but there's a wedding happening, and come on and join. I'm like, well, I wasn't you invited. I wedding. know. You went to yeah. the wedding. You were like the art I'm, I'm going to have a Murray whole series of pins. This is going to be like art wedding. Art wedding. <laughs> She's the poet laureate of the wedding. <laughs> so anyways, that poem came from I see. going to that wedding, but yep. not necessarily every single thing that happened in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so I am interested in the biographical information that makes a poet a poet. So before we get too distracted by the present, let's go into the past. Are you from Southern California? No, I was born um, back east in Massachusetts. Um, Both of my parents emigrated from Burma. Mm -hmm. Um, My dad came to the country first, um, and they were both um, in – well, they met in medical school, and they did their residencies um, back east. And then my mom came later um, and joined him, and I was born. But you grew up on the East Coast? Well, so – well, you know, it's kind of an interesting story. So I've actually lived many – Hey, this is the place for you to share your interesting story. Yeah. The whole blow by blow. So, um, you know, my parents finished their residencies, and then my dad, you know, worked for different hospitals as a surgeon. My mom was an anesthesiologist. And then um, my dad got a job with the VA hospital. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, lots of travels. Mm -hmm. So basically, oh my gosh, if I can get this right. So, you know, I was born, and then from Massachusetts, we. Moved to New York City, and then we moved to Pennsylvania, and then to Colorado, Grand Junction, Colorado, no, Allentown, PA. Pennsylvania. Oh, Scranton, and, a little further south. Okay, I'm and, PA proud. And Sparks, Nevada. Wow. Uh, <laughs> keeps getting good, better. But, but good neighbor poetry. That's true. Yeah. That's true. And then, um, then I grew up in Orange County, um, mm. and then eventually Which moved. Which part? Um, so Rossmore, Los Alamitos. Are you from Orange County? Yeah, we moved out when I was 11. Oh, okay. So, c- City of Orange. 
Okay. Yeah. So. Are those close to each other? They're about 20, 25 20, yeah, minutes. 25 minutes. Yeah. I dated yeah. a girl from Los Alamitos. Okay. So I have this thought, and I don't know where I got it, that you were involved in the L.A. punk rock scene. Is that right? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I, you know, it's funny because I was, you know, into rock when I was in junior high. Oh, yeah. Always. <laughs> like always headbanger rock or like classic rock? More like Led Zeppelin. Okay. And, you know. And oh, were you a loadie? <laughs> Mind blown. <laughs> Second album. Did you have a big, <laughs> Did you have a big puffy jacket that you wore? No, no. Was... But you know, I, I my father loved music. I mean, this actually today's my father's birthday. Oh. It's not alive anymore. But oh my gosh. Um, but um, you know, I think when he moved to the United States in the early '60s, he just got. So I mean, so such an interesting. But it's so fun to think of him as a med student, medical student, and into rock and roll. Like I like that. Yeah, yeah I like that. Really yeah. was so. As I was growing up, I, you know, kind of um, yeah. um, got his love of music, <laughs> and um, so, anyways, I was into rock. And then I remember in high school, I had a crush on this one surfer, and um, that, of course, of course, and. He went to London and he came back with a mohawk. Oh my god! And That's it. It's all sex, over. Sex Pistols album, you know. Uh. And he's like, "Ma, there's something I gotta tell you." <laughs> what, Throw what, out those Led Zeppelin what records. Year is this? I oh. Got him back with tears. Out with Led Zeppelin, in with the Buzzcocks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, my junior year of high sex. junior year of high school. Um, I'm 54. Um, okay, so you're okay. two years older than me. <laughs> yes, okay. We're, we're all the same age, and we went to high school in Orange County. And I need okay. to reveal something oh. to you right now that may, may, look, may make you look at Bridget differently. She's a huge X tattoo. <gasps> really? On my oh. back. I'll show you later. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so I know them. <laughs> that, that, yeah. Of so, course uh, you do. This is what I'm trying to do. <laughs> you're our age, and you're uh, yeah, Interesting. So we influence. might have gone to the same shows. Well, oh, so, for sure. So, um... I was a creative writing major, um, and you were I, so. Wait, wait, I have to back up real quick because oh, yeah. both your parents are doctors. Yeah, yeah. I was going to get to this too. Oh, yeah. Asian immigrant doctors, mom, and then you dad. say, "I'm going to study creative writing." I'm like, "That's fine." Well, or not no, exactly. Yeah, I would. <laughs> I would okay. think it didn't go that smoothly. Yeah, <laughs> we just want you to be happy, dear. <laughs> <laughs> no, my par- my my parents. It's, well, I would say in particular my father. You know, he had hoped that yeah, at least one of us would be would, a doctor. Would be a doctor. Yeah. yeah. Well, how and, did you come to that conclusion then? Because all you saw growing up was that sort of lifestyle and that uh-huh. sort of focus. How do you go from getting that input to going poetry? Because you're living in Orange County and well, no, you know, I, I started a journal when I was very young, mm-hmm. and um, and. And then I was also interested in teaching. So my mom used to tell me stories. She said, oh, mama, I think you might be a teacher, I, you know, because I was oh, teaching my younger kind of sister the, and my brother, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, how to read. Yeah. And I was very interested in reading. And also I was a bit of a storyteller. Mm, a liar? <laughs> Did you? <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of a liar. Now, a lot of the people that come, well, I actually say almost everyone in here has had this sort of defining experience when they were young of mm-hmm. writing something and getting positive feedback from Mm-hmm. Did you have that experience? Yes, I did. And um, I uh, I think it was in fifth grade. And I had a teacher and she, I guess she introduced poetry. I went to public schools mm-hmm. and, you know, she introduced um, poetry in the class. And I just remember there was 
well, there must have been something about it that appealed to me because I started writing little poems in this little blue book. And on the last day of class, um, she wrote in my my little notebook, and she said, "One day, you're going to be a poet, a famous oh poet. You already are. Something, you know, something Don't like that." Don't you want to find her? I want to find. I'd love her. to find her. her. Yeah. 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 Hey, oh my gosh, worked. that's amazing yeah. and beautiful. Oh, yeah. that would be wonderful to find right. her. Yeah, but that's how cool you... that she saw it and it's, <clears throat> it's come to fruition. Yeah, and so you know, I wrote. I continued writing bad poetry all the time. <laughs> at that age, totally different. Yeah. Um, Locked up now in boxes somewhere. Someday, um, when they make the library dedicated, <laughs> to you, they'll find them. <laughs> Uh, that's a nice story because it really also we've all been teachers. It really underlines the positive power a teacher can have. Mm-hmm. Yes, you know, that was yeah. always my favorite part of being a teacher is getting to tell a kid, "Here's what you're really good at." You yeah. know, no one's yeah. noticed it yet, but I you're really you. good at this. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. So you studied creative writing and uh-huh. kept at it till now. Well, you know, well. It, um, yes, I've always wow. written. Um, That's very cool. But I also got in- interested in uh, music. Um, That's and, right. But it was funny because I didn't really have any musical skills per se. It doesn't stop people. <laughs> but it didn't time. stop me. Yeah, it didn't stop anybody. So I was it living was with all these artists and dancers and musicians. We called it the Grisham House. It was in North Long Beach. And That's we were sitting around one day. We were sitting around and, you know, Partying. That's <laughs> one day. In the eighties. Those are like the cuckoo's nest days. Yeah. Did you go to the cuckoo's nest? Only once. Oh, okay. I was a little scared. Oh, yeah. It, was, it could be scary. Yeah. To the cuckoo's nest. Um, <laughs> but we were sitting around. We're like, hey, we should start a band because we used to go to this club called the Anti Club, and I mean. I was there maybe three or four nights a week. Yeah. Um, Where was that? Um, on Melrose. In I remember LA. the Anti Club. Do you yeah. remember? Did you go See, to the Anti Club? Oh yeah, for sure. Let me fill you in on should. something here. Audience. I know we had. You were saying we must have been the same, same, seen the same bands. We definitely did. No question. Oh, okay. No question. Oh, okay. We were scared of the Orange County boys who wouldn't go up into L.A. <laughs> Ah, until okay. we were 18. We were uh-huh. terrified. I oh, saw well, it I every week I would see the listings, there. you know, but uh, maybe someday we'll go up there. We like the music, but we're afraid to drive up there. We used to go up. We used to go up, yeah. yeah. Well, I was still in high school when I saw the Dead Kennedys at the Whiskey A Go-Go for the first time. And that was kind of a defining moment for me to just like, okay. Definitely getting rid of my Led Zeppelin record. <laughs> no, actually, I might still have Well, they some. were great, too, because yeah. they weren't, you know, a lot of those punk bands would just sing about, you don't understand me, I look different, blah, blah, but they had real lyrics. Yeah. Oh, well, you know, you're making me angry. We like, just have to, you're saying the punk rock bands didn't have real lyrics? No, I'm saying that a lot of them didn't, but okay. the Dead Kennedys, I mean, he was hilarious. Yeah, yeah. And pointed yes, and smart and yeah. a lot of things. Well, and you know, the South Bay had a really um, amazing scene. Um, at, have you heard, well, you probably know the Minutemen. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh. So the Minutemen. Were they really punk? No, oh, no. So well, I so, considered them punk, really. I mean, yeah, I think it, it was all like a little confusing. Punk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they all, Back then. you know, kind of. Well, the, but there was this real feeling, or at least I had this feeling uh, when I was that age listening to those bands was that you you actually couldn't listen to Led Zeppelin and the Dead Kennedys. Right. You actually yeah. were not supposed to do that. <laughs> I thought that. No, of course not. And it yeah. was a shock when later it turned out you could. Like, right. Yeah. There are rules here. I know there are right. rules. Right, and right. was, yeah. And it's funny that we're talking about Led Zeppelin because they came on the radio, I don't know, about three months ago, and I'm like, oh, wow. Maybe not the nicest guys. But oh, yeah. <laughs> no. 
I, I had a, um, a letter, a very nice letter from an art teacher in Minneapolis who told me that he, I mentioned Husker Du just very much in passing in my book, and he said that he put on Husker Du and had the kids do art and read them one of the chapters from my book, and I was oh. like... That made me so happy. I can't I love even that. tell you how happy it made me. And I went back and listened to Husker Du after that. I read that. And they're still so they good. They still hold it's up. so good, you guys. Oh, yeah. Here's the problem, yeah. though. We're just talking about 40-year-old music. We're just okay. like... <laughs> right. This is what happened. <laughs> yes, exactly. I know. I know. I know. So back to your story. Okay. You're, you're living in the... In the what is it? The Grisham House? Uh, yes. The Grisham named House. Named after John Grisham? Uh, no, the Grisham Street, Avenue. Okay, Street. Grisham Street. Avenue. Uh-huh. North Long and Beach. Hard Scrabble Long Beach before it got real. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Became oh. the Long Beach we know today. It's, yeah, it's yeah. changed. So you were well qualified to represent the LBC, is what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> and you started a band. We started a band, and are named, you at Long Beach State at this point? Yes, Long Beach State, okay. and um, a band, Pearls Before Swine. Oh, but this I like is, it. I like but it. This is funny because. We didn't know because we were so young that there was a, an obscure band oh, in the sixties called Pearls Before called Swine. Pearls Before Swine, and I remember someone came to our sh- one of our shows and said, was? "Yeah," <gasps> and they're like, "You're not Pearls Before Swine." They're from the 60s. I'm like, we're like, oh, no. And of course, this I was is... made in the 60s. <laughs> well, it's pre-internet. Hello. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah. I couldn't Google like pearls before swine. Ah, there's a band in the 60s. Called You're like, get out of here, you dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> Believe me, there was litigation based on things like this. Oh, yeah. Bands that had no... Yeah, no, idea. Like no money, right. but and no idea, and yeah. then we get cease and desist orders from yeah. records well, company. Record thankfully, company. that didn't yeah. happen to it's us. Ridiculous. <laughs> good title. Good and, name, I should say. But we so, played a lot of shows. Um, we were together for seven years. Wow. Um, oh my gosh, that's what a did long you time. play? <laughs> Sorry, um, I, I, I'm sort of scoffing. <laughs> Um, my my friend Mark Dutcher, my best friend, who's an artist, who did the cover you, yeah. of my book. Yeah. Um, and you collaborated with who I collaborated with um, on another book. Uh, both of us played percussion, and we made our own drum set. We put together our own, own kit because DIY. we couldn't DIY completely. So, so we found some. Well, we found a drum set that was falling apart, a kit that was falling apart at the thrift shop. and The only way. North Long Beach had the best thrift shops in the whole wide world. They used to be but, really good back then. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So, anyways. All thrift shops are good. That's what I mean. <laughs> and that Orange County had the most amazing if you thrift were, shops. If you, like I, were in love with 50s cardigan sweaters. Oh, yeah. Endless. And then oh, yeah. three bucks. Yeah. You were set. Yeah. 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 And, you know, I will tell you Three my cents. all-time favorite thrift shop right now. But maybe I shouldn't do it. I don't. I don't oh, it okay. I'll tell you afterwards. But is it here in the city? Yes. <gasps> yes well, not must. here in the city. But whatever. We okay. can find it. Yeah. Okay. I'll tell you. It lives so, in this in our world. Yes. I'd like yeah. to set sort of a visual image for our listeners. Ma has beautiful, long, straight hair and is wearing a very tasteful dress. <laughs> what was your look back in the uh, early eighties? Uh, not like this. Um, <laughs> I always had crazy haircut. Crazy. Well, short. Short. Asymmetrical, <laughs> not so it's great haircuts. Um, you and BQ went to the same. I know. Uh, <laughs> and I used to dye my hair black because black. Oh yeah, yeah. Always, well, I did dye way. my hair, but I, you know, they had it shaved on one side, cut really short, and um, but you know, it's interesting because back then, in those days, since we're all about the same age, mm. I didn't really wear the you know the punk rock uniform. like I it didn't have uniform yeah. zippers and no no I mean and also. You know, and I didn't really even consider myself a full-blown punk rocker. I was going to say. I was more of an, you know, artist. Artist. Yeah. Oh, I love that. There was a lot of room for that back then. Yeah. 
I know. Is there not anymore? I don't know. I don't know. It don't seems know like things have really changed in the yeah. in, in forty years. <laughs> well, like I would say that you know my my son was a musician in high school and he loves music, but I've characterized the music he listens to by saying I can't imagine any one of these acts playing in a bar. Mm-hmm. You know, I yeah. imagine it's them professionalized. Yes, right. Mm-hmm. They make a YouTube video. No. Mm-hmm. There was just a really good article. Do you know who Rhett Miller is from the old 97s? No. I know the band. But. He just wrote this long thing about how when he was 14 years old, he said he tried to kill himself because he was mm-hmm. a misfit and he woke up and he had a song in his head. So he decided to become a musician. Mm-hmm. And from that decision, he made all these friends, you know, the mm-hmm. other people in bands, the bar owners, the record shop mm-hmm. owners, the people writing about it. And he mm-hmm. said, that's not possible now because kids come up with you know, an idea. They make a YouTube video. Right. Or some guy in Sweden writes them a song. Mm-hmm. And they skip all that other stuff. It'll come back, though, because that's how that movement started was because of the professionalism that happened in the 70s from yeah. bands like Led Zeppelin right. being these, like, uber, uber musicians. Yes. Who were so slick and with these giant songs and giant that's tours. That's true, yeah. Uh-huh. So um, I have hope. But, but yeah. you can't undo I have the, hope, too. You can't undo the part, though, where they're all hoping to get their song on an Apple commercial. Well, you can't undo it. it. That's you what can't. punk rock was. Yeah. Yeah. It, it can happen. I Doesn't hope mean it so. won't come back a lot. The whole thing will cycle back around again. I hope so. That would yeah. be wonderful, Bridget, because, you know, I am the age I teach her, you know, students who are between 19 right. and oh, yeah. 22. And um, I I always do my um, little talk on, well, I was, you know, on <laughs> the internet, you know, and they're looking at me like, oh my gosh, how old are, are you? Writing my poetry. <laughs> <laughs> and I do talk about writing by yeah. hand and yeah. how I would write my poems on this little Olivetti typewriter. Mm-hmm. You know, when I, I was looking at typewriter again, because poetry, especially, it seems yeah. like it'd be so good. Typewriters are wonderful, and that's the one thing that I wish I had brought with me before I moved to up here. Mm. Yes. Um, was my Olivetti. Um, anyways, so, I digress. So concurrently, uh-huh. you're writing poetry, or you are? Are you thinking about writing poetry as you're in the band, as uh-huh. you're, you're knocking the glockenspiel and all this stuff? Oh, I was always writing poetry. You're always writing poetry, yeah. and you're majoring creative writing. Yeah. So you graduated. And I dropped out for a while. You dropped out. Yeah, I dropped to go out on tour. for a while. Awesome. No, <laughs> no not to, to go, go on the tour. <laughs> <laughs> I, I met a composer and we lived together in Los Angeles. And, and you know, and I think that, um, you know, even though I was having a great time at school, I felt like I just wanted to do other things mm-hmm. and work. And I worked in libraries in L.A. Oh, right. and, and But I was continuing to do, you know, music and take classes at you know, So you've schools. always been surrounded by literature, music, and yes. art. Yes. Yeah. But you've, Constant. <clears throat> now, you've taught for quite a while. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that sort of finding the balance between the experiential needs of writing poetry versus teaching someone to write poetry? Yeah, well, you know, I main, I teach um, composition more okay. than poetry, so I don't teach poetry as much, except my class here at the Grotto, yeah. um, I which I love. Um, let's see. Because I sh- this is airing soon, right? This is airing next week. Okay, so, so oh, if there's anything okay. you want to promote, now is the That's time. That's something February or March. Well, you, you know what, I just, talked to Li- I just talked to Lindsay, and she said she's going to send out the um, <laughs> the announcement next week, So, but I will be teaching in the spring. Okay, good. So good. it's called know. The Accidental Find. Mm-hmm. Um, finding cool. poetry in unexpected places. 
That's like El Cerrito. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, if people exactly. are interested in studying with Ma, you can go onto the Grotto, San Francisco Writers Grotto website, and that will have a list of spring classes. Yes. Is it grotto.com or .org? I don't know, but if you just Google, I think it's Grotto. Grotto. I, think it's I have no clue. Yeah. Did I say .com? No, no. Oh, okay. I just, I, I'm <laughs> okay. not sure though. Um, but yeah, you can... Definitely. Yeah. So you're, so you're basically talking about finding that balance. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I am a full-time instructor, and um, so it's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as far as... grading. Yes, the your, grading. your line of work. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of grading, a lot of... A lot of papers. A lot of papers all the time. Do you have a lot of students where English isn't their native language? Yes. Because that makes it really hard. Yeah. For grading. Yeah. It's up your alley because yes. you taught ESL. Yeah, so it, it, well, at my school, it's called English for Art Purposes. It's so, an art school. yeah, yeah, and um, the students, um, you know, know you know some of the concepts mm-hmm. um, and terms in their own language. But you know, we right. our department tries to help them, you know, understand. And is that um, so that they can read about art, or is that so they can write things about their own work? Why well, it's both. It's everything. You know, yeah. Just to be involved it's required, in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's got a required requirement. But, reasonable, reasonable. You know, but but trying to get writing time in, I, I, to be honest, it's a little bit of a challenge. Um, I um, am a firm believer in writing, writing, writing dates. I make dates with um, the writers in my department. So mm-hmm. sometimes we'll... Oh, but you know sometimes we'll get together and just even if it's 30 minutes oh, yeah, agree. we'll write together in silence and just write 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 okay back to work but actually i was asking awesome. more about the value of what you learned in an academic setting uh-huh. versus what you learned after leaving school uh-huh. and just kind of hanging out for seven years or however long it was. Oh, it seven okay. years. You yeah. toured for, you were in a band for seven years. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I I think when I dropped out it was like for maybe three years. I'm really bad at the dates, you guys. Okay. <laughs> I should have brought something down. But um so I think that teaching, um, having a full time teaching job, um, it it is I'm um, hopefully I'm answering your question. Um sometimes it's hard to shift from, mm-hmm. you know, okay lesson plans, work on the reader, which is what I'm going to do after our interview today, um, you know, because I have to turn it into the printer, um, um, you know, coordinate meetings and, you know, all the things that you do um, as a full-time instructor, and then kind of take that and get into the creative mode. But one of the things that's been interesting for me and helpful is I... Um, as I'm a support teacher in different departments at my school. So, for example, you know, I might have a graphic design class that I support or... Oh, that's you know, interesting. And sometimes what I'll do is I'll use the language and the terms and the jargon and it'll make, you know, its way into mm. my poems. Yeah. yeah, because your poetry does... I mean, you write about art. Yeah. And that's hard to do, especially in poetry, I think. Yeah, well... Because you're translating a visual medium into a verbal one. I think because um, art has been um, Mm -hmm. and is such a big part of my life, it, it, you know, comes naturally. It's always seemed natural. I was just going to say, as you were talking, I was putting it together that, you know, the your idea of reaching out to visual artists, it it seems like nothing new. It seems like just sort of a way of life for you since Mm -hmm. 
your bi-level haircut days. And- <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you really have brought it into the present. Can you talk just a little bit about um, the piece that you did this fall for the Asian Art Museum? Oh, sure. Um, so Megan Wilson, I call her my fab collab. <laughs> <laughs> You've done a few things with her, right? Yeah, yeah. We did a project um, called Broadside Attractions about five years ago at Intersection for the Arts when it was in the mission. Um, but what we did for the Asian Art Museum is... Um, the Asian Art Museum, um, in um, conjunction with the library, um, started this space, and it's called the Liz, the Living Activation Zone. And, and it's um, between the two buildings. It's between the two yeah. buildings, right, exactly. And Allison Wyckoff um, is in charge of that. And she, um, you know, said, to Megan, Megan, well, Megan was already part of the show called Flower Power. Mm-hmm. Remember when yes. all the museums were doing yeah. um, Summer of Love shows? Yeah. So the Asian Art Museum <laughs> did the Flower Power show. And so Megan was already an, an one of the artists for it. And then um, she was asked to do the, be the um, first artist for the Liz. And she asked me to write poetry because we've collaborated together on different projects. So and it fun. was so just such a meaningful experience for me just yeah and it was so public i love how the public was really uh-huh. involved in what was happening then like, yeah but so how does that work do you write a poem that comments on the artwork well you know comments reflects you know is inspired enlarges. by enlarges you know and and, and what are the nuts response. and bolts of that do you does she send you you know, the artwork and you take a look at it and go, all right, here's yeah. what I'm getting out of this. And No, so, um, you know, it's both. Like I, you know, because we're friends, I, you know, and plus I collect art. So I have her, I'm surrounded by her art. Um, and, um, you know, when we have this history of working together, so we talk on the phone mm-hmm. all the time and, um, and then I would see her art and, well, it was kind of hard to go to while she was painting every day with her partner, Christopher, um, because of my job, but I tried to make it out there, mm-hmm. you know, and you know, meet the um, stewards that were there in the space, and it was just, you know, a really wonderful experience. And and actually, this Saturday, um, do you know Mercury Twenty Gallery? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm doing a reading there, and I just finished um, doing a project with um, an artist named Elizabeth Schur, and it's um, a piece called. Forest of Fortunes, and I went to her studio and checked out her piece, and she said, okay, Ma, please write about write okay. some poetic responses. Wow, so it's really collaborative. It's not just you kind of like walking through a museum and thinking, I'm going to write about this. It's really collaboration with an artist. Yeah. I mean, some, some of my projects have definitely been just, you know, very, very... Um, you know, constant um, interaction, whether through email or phone or in person. And I, and I like it. That's I, great. I like the process. Do you know the Frank O'Hara poem, uh, Why I'm Not a Painter? Yes. Is it, is I it, love it. Why I'm Not a Painter? Yeah. Why I'm Not an Artist? I can't remember. Why I'm Not a Painter. No, wait. Okay. Is it Poet? Oh my gosh! No, it's, it's why I'm not a painter. I'm That's a painter. it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, we're doing a lot of fact checking here. Yeah, <laughs> zero. But the point is, friends, that I was thinking of Frank O'Hara when I was reading Ma's poetry about art because there's a precedent for it, and because I just, I just love that it can live in these two places at once. I love it. Are you a visual artist? 
No. no. <laughs> like, why I'm not a painter. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. well, that's my next poem. Why I'm not a painter. No, it's just so funny. I was just in um, Susan Ito's um, mm-hmm. workshop on uh, her retreat. I'm sorry. Um, and, you know, some of the... Um, you know, participants were just oh, making these amazing, beautiful <laughs> bullet journals, and just I was just like, "Whoa!" Yeah, like, here's my paper with my beautiful poem on it. <laughs> so, a uh, little inside peek for those of you out here: what goes on at the grotto? This bullet journal thing—it's a big deal. It's, it's sweeping a, the nation. People are into it. People, are you doing it? Are you? I'm doing not. It? I'm male. So uh, I haven't been invited. Incorrect. <laughs> incorrect. <laughs> I walked in once. And were you scared? Th- I was a little... In- it was like walking into Benefit when my wife was getting her eyebrows done. And they, were like, ah, they looked up at me like, get out of here. Okay. So, yeah, I don't do the bullet journal. I wanted to do the bullet journal class when she... It wasn't really a class. She, like, invited yeah. everyone right. to do it. And I really wanted to do it. And for some reason, I couldn't do it. And then I realized I would be insane to take on one more thing. I've yeah. got a method that works. And I just uh-huh. see the Yeah, but I thought the bullet journal is supposed to make everything easier. It does, but you got to learn something new to do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they are amazing. They are amazing, yeah. Well, I'm such a list maker, too. So I am it, too. it appealed to my list too. making sensibility. I am too, but I'm a little OCD about it. So I was uh-huh. also scared of going off that cliff a little bit oh, with okay. it, possibly. Okay. Um, well, I'll let you know how it goes. Yes, I want to see it. <laughs> well, Samad, you, you, know, you have your hands. As I said in the intro, she's small, but her reach is really far. <laughs> how do you prioritize? Oh, that's I know. Gosh. Tell me right now. Ah! Yeah, tell, tell our audience because maybe they'll get a little. You know, yeah, well, you know. Okay, let's see. How do I answer that question? Um, I, I think, I really like um, the challenge of working on different projects at the same time. Um, you know, because I know that, like my partner Tom, he's he's definitely like okay. He's a musician. He plays drums and. Is you this know, your artistic partner or your husband partner? My husband. Okay. My husband partner. Okay. <laughs> Thomas Gandura. Um, excellent. Uh, he's a real musician. See, now, yeah. if your husband is a performer, then you can say his name. Oh, see, I'm not supposed to say my husband's name. Oh. Roy. Oh. Yeah. Why? Just, he probably you know, it's want me to talk about it. I get what he's saying. Like, your husband's oh, a performer. Okay. So oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I don't say, yeah. I, I, my I, husband doesn't want to be known. Okay. <laughs> yeah, my wife, I always just say Sandra Bullock. Anyway, we digress. Carry on. Um, so, I think that my personality. Um, I mean, I'm not saying I excel at it. Pretty good, <laughs> but, but but I am pretty. My personality. Um, uh, I think I'm used to doing several things at the same time. And I just realized, you know, we we sort of skipped over an important part of your life. Mm-hmm. At what point? Did your parents make peace with you becoming a poet? I suppose, you know, you've been a teacher. You've been employed as a teacher the whole time, too, which probably made it go down a little easier. Yeah, yeah, that helped. (laughs) But, you know, what was the process of them kind of accepting it? Um, Well, you know, Or not even accepting, celebrating it. Hmm. Well, my mother... was now a female monk. I think I told you that. Oh um, did you tell me that? No, I don't think I did. did. Oh, okay. Um, if you did, I'm so sorry. I oh. Forgot. That's incredible. <laughs> so, you know, my mom, I think my mom's always, you know, just been supportive of me as a writer. And although I do remember at one point, my mom said, could you stop writing poems about me, please? Oh, <laughs> oh how is that? She doesn't wow. want her name said on the podcast <laughs> <Yeah>. either. <laughs> and, but I'm saying in kind of a, yes. a, a lighthearted way. Yes, yes, um, yes. yes. Um, and, 
Um, and then my dad, I think it took him a while, but over a period of time, I think he was happy for yeah. me that I, you know, decided to take this route. And was it important to you that they both came to terms with it? Hmm. Yes. I mean, I think ultimately, um, I think I still would have done whatever I wanted to do, cause, mm-hmm. you know. That's how you're made. That's how I'm made. Yeah. Exactly. That's a good way. I love it. Um, and, but, you know, I, before my father passed away, you know, we had a couple conversations about, you know, it, well, he was not the most emotive person, yeah. but, um, well, Mama, my Burmese nickname, Mama, I'm proud of you that you wrote that. Oh. And I was like, wow, that's a lot coming <laughs> from my dad. Gosh, that's <laughs> so I want to fill in some biographical sure. issues. So what got you out of the John Grisham house and to San Francisco? <laughs> I'm sure there's several steps in between. Yes, several steps. Well, so, you know, I was teaching down in Los Angeles, Southern California, and, um, oh, I guess... Yeah, my boyfriend. <laughs> um, so it wasn't he, the dead guy. <laughs> um, so he was living up here. And, and then I just started coming up to San Francisco all the time. You know, when time because allowed. Because it's excellent. Because it's Why excellent. Why are you looking at me when you say that? <laughs> it's pointed look. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, as a poet, of course, I went to City Lights Books and mm, North Beach and, yeah. you know, and, um, you know, read Poetry Flash. And I just... I went to some poetry yeah, readings. San Francisco is a poetry town. It really is yeah. a poetry town. And, you know, even though in Los Angeles, I mean, there are all sorts okay, yeah. of, you well, know, of you course. Know, we, we really, we've had a few L.A. writers in here, and they really sing the praises of the community down there. Oh, yeah. Not yeah. poets. I mean, fiction writers. I guess I'm just thinking, like, in American poet, poetic, poetry history, San Francisco is a very important landmark. Well, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, and, you know, and I did many, many readings and, you know, was involved with poetry in Southern California. But I think in the back of my mind, there was always this tiny part of me that was just like, oh, I think I need to live in San Francisco for a while. And I wasn't even sure how long it would be. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember I was with a friend, uh, my friend Rob, and we were on a trip to Brazil, um, hanging does. out as on the beach, <laughs> hanging out on the beach, as one does. And, you know, I just said, oh, I think I'd like to live in San Francisco. And um, he said, well, Ma, I am tired of hearing you talk about that. So I think you should move up there. Huh. And then it was so bam. interesting. Yeah, bam. Except, well, and then I came back and, you know, went back to work. And I got a call from my sister, my younger sister, who lives up here. Or, or, well, yeah, lives up here. And she was going to India for a year. And she said, Ma, do you want to sublet my oh, room? Oh my gosh! In the Castro for three hundred dollars a month. Oh, I was like, oh, wait, yes. okay, so <laughs> yes. um, oh my gosh! That so was that's nineteen forty-two. <laughs> right, <laughs> and that's well, very well presented. <laughs> but it was a big deal for me to leave because, oh, of course, you know, I had and a job and yeah, a job, friends. So, and, what did you come to? Just the apartment, or did you have a job? But, no, I didn't oh have a job. Gosh, wow, I didn't have a job, so I came up here, kind of just wow. like you know. I I hope I get a job. Um, but but super poet badass to just like, I'm going to go live in the city. But was yeah. it hard? I mean, but back then, I, you know, I think it was. It was easier. It was cheaper. Yeah, it was cheaper. Cheap. I was yeah. going to ask, so, I mean, it's, uh, I would assume, oh. given to what you do now, that you had similar tentacles reaching out in the community down there. Was that hard to leave and start all over oh, again? Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, we had a big party. I think I was 30 mm. years old when I left. Oh, it. <laughs> that's the, that's and the world, yeah. Um, yeah, it must have been around 30. And 
I, um, you know, was, you know, of course, sad to leave yeah. my community down there. But I'm still, I'm still, you know, I go down there it's every year. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's and pretty close. It's two communities. And, uh, yeah, so, but I feel like I made the right decision. Do you and, feel like L.A. has more going on art-wise in San Francisco? Or do you think it's just different? It's different. I mean, well, you know. Not that I'm an expert, but right. they do say that, you know, New York and New York City and, and Los Angeles are the, what do they call it? They, the hubs? The hubs, you know, A-cities or whatever. Right. Um, For art, yeah. 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 Uh, you know, um, and San Francisco is different in that way. But, but I just wonder, but, I wonder why that is. I've, I've, I'm, I'm fascinated by this. Since I first came to San Francisco, I've wondered why is the visual arts, why are the visual arts here not as as in the forefront as they are in L.A. Well, I mean, isn't the elephant in the room the industry? Well, You mean the Hollywood industry? Yeah. But why does it, that make painting it, and sculpture and architecture? Know, it's a visual so medium? I don't know. I guess so. I mean, that might be why. I don't know. I just find it so fascinating. Look, there's been a lot of money in San Francisco for uh, generations. Yeah. We have an amazing opera. We have an amazing uh, symphony. We have an amazing ballet. Uh-huh. And it's taken a long time for our museums to come. I mean, forever, the Asian Art Museum was really one of the best museums in San Francisco mm-hmm. in terms mm-hmm. of having a really solid collection. I think SFMOMA has way brought up its game oh, yeah. in yeah, the last yeah. 10 or 15 years. And same with the de Young. But it, it, we really lagged behind for a long time. And that meant that San Franciscans weren't buying art, weren't mm-hmm. showing art, weren't right. invested in the same way. I yeah. just feel like there's a boldness that you have to have if you're going to choose to go to L.A. Uh Yeah. Yeah. That maybe it's here now, you know, maybe now that we've kind of entered this go-go tech period. Mm -hmm. But it always seemed like people that went to L.A. were bold, you know, and kind of fearless. And here it's a little easier to not be so bold. Yeah. I I mean, I think, you know, I mean, I'm not a visual artist myself, so I feel like I can't really speak um, from that perspective. But, you know, I have a lot of friends who are visual artists here. I mean, they're making the work. I just wonder if they're being supported in the same way they are in L.A. and New York. Well, you know, I feel like um, there are... It's it's always a cycle, right? Yeah. You have these spaces and they're around. You know, I mean, thankfully, Southern Exposure mm-hmm. has been around for a long, long yeah. time. You know, nonprofit Southern Exposure, and you know, and we. But then, you know, some you know galleries, as we know, mm-hmm. um, have you know died. And, and a lot of studio spaces. It's just a lot of affordable. studio spaces, and yeah. you know, artists having to leave, and yeah. you know. But I mean, I think. But it's that, not like LA and New York's cheap. Right. But yeah. LA is just a different kind of city. Totally. There's more space. There's more yeah, space. there's more space. And I think the reason, if maybe this is what you're referring to about people leaving the Bay Area to move to Southern California, is the fact that, you know, you can move, like, maybe not, like, in the Mid-Wilshire District, you know, but, you know, you could live in you know, right. the Valley or live yeah. somewhere else that might be somewhat more affordable than I just here. feel like people go there with yeah. big dreams. They're the kind mm. of people who have big dreams and, mm. you know, expect mm-hmm. to do big things. Yeah. Well, it's kind of how people used to talk about moving to New York, right? Mm. Yeah. 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 That's true. That's true. Yeah. I have a very um, pedantic, is that the right word for Ma? Is this now the time for my chapbook question? Oh, yeah. I don't know if it's a pedantic question, but... Ma, I have been in the writing world my entire adult life on one level or another, and I've even Googled this, and it's not clear to me, what is a chapbook? Versus a book. <laughs> it's less than four, fewer than 48 pages. Oh, my gosh. That's Son of a all? Gun. That's yeah. all it means? Yeah, it just it's, it's you small. know a smaller book yeah. like mm-hmm. Scorn Bone. Yeah, which I I'm going to give you. <laughs> <laughs> um, Scorn Bone um, 
came out Great on Nomad, cover, Nomadic Press, which is yes, an awesome really press. Mm-hmm. Um, Beautiful cover also. Yeah, and all their books have yeah. just look terrific. And um, But my, my new book is... Which you I was know, just going to bring up. <laughs> um, Full-fledged. It's um, uh, a full collection. So, mm-hmm. I mean, right now we're still... Jen Joseph, um, my publisher, um, we're... You know, kind of figuring out the pages, but you know, but it's probably when, when does it come end up out? like a hundred pages. It's very soon, isn't it? Yes, um, and this is really exciting. Yeah, tell um, me. So my launch is going to be at City Lights, Yay. <laughs> and so it's, it's that's very cool. I know, and I was just like, oh, because I thought, oh, would City Lights have? Me? So when is the launch? April 10th. April 10th, everybody. Come April 10th, and the title is Invisible Gifts. Invisible Gifts. Comma, poems. <laughs> Comma, poems. So exciting. Okay, I will totally be there 100%. Oh, please, please. I'll be there too, and then we can ask Jen to be on the podcast. Yes. Well, I'll, I'll wait till then. <laughs> that is so cool. I'm a, so excited to know what a chat book is. Really, it's been forever. <laughs> never I gotta have. agree. Yeah, it's sort of been a thorn in my side as well. No, it really, I, it, try Googling it. You're not going to get a satisfactory answer. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, so, I mean, I don't want to say that's the hard and fast rule. But, uh, you know, no, no, you clearly full, know what it is. Oh, okay. So, but a full collection you know, can start like with like, but you could have a chapbook. It doesn't have to be poetry, but very often that's their poetry. Yeah, but some, you know, pro, but, prose to yeah, for fiction. sure. I mean, yeah. short short stories or whatever. Oh, yeah, and you know, the Bay Area really has uh, all yeah. this wonderful, wonderful community of just small presses and oh, zine, so beautiful. zine fests that happen every year at um, Berkeley City College. And, you know, it's and that's what I love because my background is also um, a zine yeah. DIY. And, mm-hmm. and this is when I, when I, I was still living at home, my dad was kind of obsessed with Xeroxing. So we had a copy machine in our living room. <gasps> oh. And so, no way. oh my gosh, a That's little too tempting for me to start amazing little books. So yes. I started my own press called Lemon Fingers. What was it called? Lemon Fingers Emerge. And that's how I got connected with the musicians, like Met yeah. Scene. And, yeah. you know, so I started. Did you, you publish know, her poetry? Yeah, yeah. No just way. Went, we have to talk later. Uh, <laughs> Dee Boone, who unfortunately yep. yeah, mm-hmm. passed away. Um, and I just started, you know, asking different musicians and then, you know, poets, of course. Oh gosh, and so cool. And it's great when you show up at the punk shows and you have a purpose. Yeah. So I, exactly. You aren't just another kid. <laughs> but, oh my God, I'm freaking out. You had a Xerox in your living room? Yeah, and I was always and, using it. And the thing is, people need to understand, like, that was such a big deal. I mean, a, a Xerox was a big deal. There wasn't even Kinko's. They were hard I'm coming home that. after school and watching TV and everything, and the soundtrack to your life is that <laughs> always going on. I think that I was like that I loved it. To that, me, of all the things you've told me, that is what made you a poet. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I'm totally dead serious. I, I so loved putting together those That is books. very cool. You know, we are out of time. That's oh. good because we're out of air. And we're out of air. So here's how I want to wrap this okay. up. First, BQ and I are going to talk about how you get a hold of us. Okay. And I'm going to say uh, you can email us at grottopod at gmail. I'm going to say you can go on Twitter at the grottopod. You're not going to say this twice, are you? No. Okay. Why would I say it twice? Because I thought you said you were going to say it. Oh, no, I'm just saying. Okay. okay. Just check No, I'm confused. I was too. Uh, tell them how to get a hold of you. You can get a hold of me at bquintrist on Twitter mm-hmm. or on Instagram or at bridgetquinnauthor.com. Uh, and I'm at that Larry Rosen. Uh, no website. I got to get a website. Get a website. I do have a website. Get cards. Got to get some cards. Got a website from our other podcast, uh, isitgoodforthejews.com, if you want to listen to me twice in one week. 
I often do. Ma, how can they get a hold of you? Um, you can email elseritopoet mm. at gmail.com. Got a Twitter uh, deal there? Um, I just started. Just started. <laughs> okay, yeah. we're all going to follow Ma on Twitter. And what <laughs> Please! Is and what is your Twitter handle? My name, Ma Shane Wynn. Okay. Might have, well, oh. you might have to spell that. Oh, M A W S H E I N. W I N. Yeah. See, this, if you're Ma, you get to have your own name as a Twitter handle. Right. If, if you're, you're Bridget me, Quinn or Larry Rosen, you can't get your own name. Because there's all kinds of other. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. You know what? I embarrassed, I'm embarrassed to say I don't know that much about Twitter, but my I'm publisher gonna... said, Ma, you need yeah. to join Twitter. I'm like, Ma, okay. We're going to talk out right okay. after this. Right, <laughs> okay. I need so, to say one more thing. Oh, you're going to say your thing already? Or you're going to say something No, else? I want to tell something to Ma. Okay. I'm hoping she's going to read one more poem. That's what I was going to say. Ah, Our normal <laughs> exit is for you to say your thing, but okay. first let's have Ma do a poem, and then you say okay, your thing. Okay, I like it. Okay. Okay. So one more poem for okay. Ma, and then we'll head out before okay. we run out of it. I love it. Okay. Love poem? Sure. Yeah. Okay. You will be with me in a town called Paradise. The sound of horns and bells... The sound of round crowns and brown birds, blue bells. You will be with me in a town called Paradise, with a slice of cake, cluster of cherries, champagne on ice. The night we met, a New Year's Eve party, a talent show. Someone pretends to be a stork, another pop of a cork. Your clear eyes and warm head. I couldn't hear your eyes, but I could see your voice. Is paradise this bed? Two cotton blankets and a comforter on my side, a light sheet on yours, bluebells on the dresser. You touch the cat's fur, orange beneath the chin. She leaps off your chest. We rest for a while. Yeah. Beautiful. That is Thank great. You. I just want to grab a bottle of Chianti and scream, go, go. <laughs> Me too. Wow. And I'm not going to say what I want to do. <laughs> on that note, Grata this is a family Lynn. podcast. Good. Read. Great, Ma, having oh, you here. Oh, thank you. Yeah. It's been wonderful being here. And now take us out. Okay, now I'm going to say read poetry and whatever, but read a lot and write and just keep working. <laughs>